0: Welcome to The Wealthy Speaker Podcast, brought to you by The Wealthy Speaker School. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Well, welcome everyone to The Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson. Today, we're going to talk about how to work around that wonderful phrase that we've all heard before, I'm so sorry we don't pay our speakers. Uh, our guest today is Julie Austin. Welcome, Julie. How are you today? I'm doing great, and I'm so glad to have you on the line because you stumbled across this line early in your speaking business, but you decided to, you know, work around it. And I love a good workaround. Tell us the story about that.
1: Well, yes, it was very early in my career, and it was for a conference And it was local, and, you know, I was trying to do anything and everything I could to to get out there, but they said, we don't pay speakers, and... You know, I live in LA. It's kind of expensive to live here. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I can't really do that. But then what I thought about was, you know, I have years of of background in sponsorship. I was a sponsorship director for, um, I started a TV pilot based on sponsorship. So I got the Mm. TV pilot off the ground just from local sponsors. Mm. And so I thought, okay. What about if I get my own sponsor and it's not selling from the stage? I'm not going to get up there and do a speech on my sponsor. Uh um, And that way you get a good speaker. The audience gets a good uh, speech. The sponsor, you know, gets exposure in front of their audience and I get paid. And so they went for it, and it was a, a game company, and they had the game in the back of the room, and, you know, we promoted them in a lot of different ways, and they were very, everyone was very happy. Yeah, so, win, win, win.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. And
1: so, so I started doing this for a lot of conferences because, especially in the beginning when I, you know, wasn't making any money, that was a way for me to start making money as a speaker from day one. Beautiful. I love that.
0: Now, talk about how small business sponsorship might be different from large corporate sponsorship. I think it's very different because
1: um, although everyone would love to have Coca-Cola and Nike and IBM sponsor them for hundreds of thousands of dollars, it is probably not going to happen I mean, I'm not saying it can't happen, but even if it does, it takes a very, very long time for them to make decisions. Yeah, it's usually a longer
0: game, right?
1: It's a longer game, and the line is very long. There's a lot of people (laughs) competing. So when I actually started in New York City with the TV pilot – my boss didn't tell me anything. He said, we need some sponsors. And he walked out the
0: door. <laughs> <laughs> sink, sink or swim, Julie. <laughs> and I
1: went, oh, okay. He said, basically, if you want a job, then uh, you better find go get me, some
0: sponsors. <laughs> find me the money. So so you learned how to sell a sponsorship really quickly that way obviously. Very quickly I didn't know what
1: I was doing I put together if you'd seen the proposal it'd probably be laughable (laughs) (laughs) but but that's the proposal wasn't the big thing it was that I actually walked into businesses and said hey here's what we're doing we got some celebrities you know ready for the show Um, we just need sponsorship to get it off the ground and I didn't even know about big corporate sponsorship or how to do it. So it wasn't an option. I just literally walked out the door and started doing it. And uh, we got the the show made because of that. And so what I learned in doing small business sponsorship is that I could get a sponsor in a week or two. It never took me more than two or three weeks to get a small business sponsorship. And the person that makes the decision is usually the business owner or the head of marketing. They're much easier to get to.
0: Right. So, okay. So let's just divide this conversation up into two sections. We're going to put big corporate kind of off to one side. Now, uh, and then we'll talk about maybe a little bit more about how to seek out maybe some smaller business sponsorships. That said though, Let's say um, you want to identify, here in Canada, we have uh, financial advisors. We often have some of the wealth management companies or mutual fund companies say, hey, uh, we'd like to sponsor you and take you on a cross-country tour. You know, if you can find an audience that marries up with somebody who wants to get in front of that audience, then it's worth a pitch, right? That is the bottom line. That is, it doesn't really
1: matter so much what you're speaking about. Mm -hmm. It is all about the audience. It's all about who wants the ears and eyeballs that are there at that audience.
0: Right, right. And typically, we're not dealing with like an IBM type uh, company here. But I can see that getting, you know, Johnson and Johnson to, you know, take you on a cross country wellness tour or something like that would be a very long term Something that you'd have to get in and start building the relationship, and, right? You know, a big proposal uh, would have to be done and that type of thing. But when right. So
1: in the me- in the meantime, get the smaller business sponsors mm-hmm. and start making money and putting together uh, your portfolio. So right. when I was able to eventually go to bigger sponsors, I could say, "Look what I did for these guys." Right. And it, and, it, and it helped a lot in getting a bigger sponsor.
0: Beautiful. And I love the idea of, let's say you're wanting to get in front of real estate agents. You could approach a mortgage broker and say, hey, you know, this local realtor audience doesn't have any budget. Do you want to spe- pay my fee and you can be kind of my partner on this event? That's that's a beautiful thing. You're talking one phone call.
1: I am. And my first, um, because when I was in New York, I did it for um, the TV company that I was working with. But when I branched out on my own, before I ever started becoming a speaker, I was an actor and I wanted to get sponsors for a play. And I literally, so you don't even have to find them in the US or even in Canada. My sponsor came from Europe. And it was one small to mid-sized ad agency. And the thing is, you have to find out what they're looking for. So I found out that they wanted to get into the Hollywood you know, celebrity market. Mm. And that's what they wanted. They said, can you do that for us? Can you put celebrities in the audience and connect us and get PR? And I said, Uh, Yes, I can, (laughs) not knowing (laughs) really if I could, but I ended up getting um, several celebrities to um, be in the play. And I said, okay, this is old school. So I said, (laughs) break out your Rolodex. (laughs) Yeah. And so we had Carl Reiner sitting in the front row um Dom Deloise was in the front row I mean, we had it was anybody and everybody in that audience i mean, it was amazing. So
0: That's awesome. I did exactly what I said I was going to do. Yeah, you pulled a Susie Humphreys. There's a speaker out of Dallas named <laughs> Susie Humphreys who her thing is, I can do that. <laughs> you don't know if you can or not. She just says, I can do that. No problem at all. And then she just <laughs> go off and make it happen. So I love that. Okay, so now let's like kind of transition into your first speak it, speaking uh, engagements. And tell us, walk us through what some of the sponsorship opportunities that you've taken advantage of. You probably had to make it all happen. So who told you no and who did you get to sponsor you? What I'd really love people to walk away from this session with is ideas of actions that they can take. Like who can I go out to find to sponsor me when somebody says they don't have the money? So if we give them lots of matching ideas, I think that's really cool.
1: So this was for the, um, um, it, it was for tweens, I guess. Te- it's not exactly teens, it's tweens. That's like the 12-year-old uh, right. girls, right? Um, that was the audience. And so I just thought, What, okay, what were you
0: going to speak to them
1: about? Um, I'm an inventor. So okay. I was speaking to uh, the girls On, you know, 15%, fewer than 15% of all patent holders in the world are women. Mm -hmm. And so it was about inventing for girls. And I do a lot of that with uh, STEM kind of stuff, inspiring young girls to get into um, that kind of thing. And um, so... I thought, okay, it's an invention kind of thing. So maybe I should go after a company that has an invention. And that's why I went after a game company that they
0: wanted to target young girls. Beautiful. Okay, so that's one that worked. Okay, so you are an an inventor. And so when you talk, give us a title or two of your talks, just so I want to get on the same page with you.
1: Oh, I'm trying to remember what the... Name of the speech was that I gave for them. Well, Um, what what would
0: you do today if this happened? What's your name? title of your talk. Well, I just
1: did just one. I did one on the invention of safety. Okay, so um, I was the keynote, and um, it was on safety inventions because I'm an inventor. And Mm -hmm. they a lot of times they'll use someone who's injured on the job, and they said, "Well, we want something different this time."
0: Okay. And did you need to find a sponsor for that one? I did not.
1: Nope. I mean, I I get paid very well right now. Okay. But I still still do use sponsorship occasionally because um, there are still half of the, uh, would you say half of the jobs out there are the free ones?
0: 40 percent you know it's hard to say what the ratio would be because everything I would say at the local level local association level is often freebies and then when you move up to the state level you can start to get paid there a lot of the times but not always sometimes at this like a state association might need uh, might require something in the sponsorship. Now let me ask you this, if you've ever been trying to work, ha- have you ever gone after associations in your business?
1: I, I do work uh, with associations and okay. if they don't have enough money, so some mm-hmm. of them will pay a, a fair amount, I will always say, can I make up the rest of it by having a sponsor. Right. And it rarely will anybody say no.
0: Right. Sure. Of course not. And so where would you go? Walk us through your thought process on where you would go to find a sponsor.
1: Well, I mean, the the first thing before you ever start to look for a sponsor is they want to know, in addition to that audience that they'll be in front of, it's more than that. So, I mean... It, it's very, very helpful that you have a big social media following or you have a big list. You have something else besides that. Now, if you want to start making good money at sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you, there, there's, uh, there are a million breakout sessions. Every Everybody needs breakout sessions and almost nobody pays
0: right, to breakout right. speakers. So those breakouts could be potential for sponsorships as well.
1: Right, but see when you're looking at a breakout, there's not the big you know a thousand people in an audience kind of keynote thing mm-hmm. um, so you're not gonna make as much money that's why I say, and when you start to go after sponsorship, have a bigger audience, so you have a bigger you know I have about over thirty maybe forty thousand um uh, plus on my social media, on top of having a list and ho- and on top of having a blog that I keep up, and all of that combined. Plus, I do PR, so I'm trying to get as much exposure for them as possible, so that you make as much money from the sponsor.
0: Right. So you're saying to them, uh, "Will you sponsor me for this live event?" with you know 300 people but i'm a social influencer so i can also make sure i spread your message to a lot of people that may not have eyeballs on you right now now are they ever concerned that your followers are not their people uh that is a good question um
1: well if you want to be successful um the The trickiest part of sponsorship is just and the hardest part is just getting the sponsor in the first place. Mm-hmm. Once you have I do have um, some clients who only speak in one industry, that's it. They've got their sponsors, and that's all they do. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. So what industry have- is that? Um, one of them in particular, it's in uh the senior care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the topics that she speaks on, no corporation is going to hire her to come in and speak on those. Okay. Um, They're very specific
0: for senior if, care. So what's the type of company yep. that she would get to then sponsor her? Like, cause she could do health insurance. She could do all kinds of um, things that want to get in front of senior care. You know, there's there's telephones that are specifically designed for seniors and plans and things like that, right? Now you're thinking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's exactly what you
1: have to do is do a little brainstorming. So – her topic is really a niche. It's on downsizing for seniors. Okay. So, like, so IBM's not going to hire her to come in and talk about that. But the local that. moving company might, oh, right? she got a local moving company. She got a real estate agent, and that's it. Right. That's all she does. She gave right. me a great, you know, unsolicited te- testimonial. She said, I I make a living doing this. Yeah, and, that's really that's good. that's all she
0: wanted to do. You know what I'm loving about this conversation, Julie, is that when one door closes, open a window. Figure, right. it out, figure out a workaround for this idea that there is no money. And, and in order to do that, you just have to think about who cares about the same people I care about. So if seniors are your market, Who else wants to get in front of seniors you never know when the big bank down the street has got some sort of senior initiative going on it wouldn't hurt to just ask the branch manager and start there as a possibilities you know I love seniors I can think of a lot of things especially when it's like downsizing that is so specific They're going to need a moving company. They're going to need a realtor to try to sell their house. They might need a home stager. They might need somebody to help them come in and get rid of all of their stuff and take it over to the place that's going to auction it off for them or whatever, right? There's a million services that could become involved in that for them.
1: Right. I think um, people... Tend to think too narrowly. It's like, okay, I am going to get Coca Cola, and I am going to go on a tour. (laughs) No, I I do a course for speakers on sponsorship, and it is basically a street smart way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. And there are a million possibilities out there, which is what is so exciting because you know. I come from a background in the entertainment industry with actors who just think, okay, I'm going to Hollywood and I'm going to get an agent and they are going to send me out. No, they're not. (laughs) No, they're not. You are going to have to do the work and hustle and prove yourself. Then you can go to an agent. It's just like a speaker bureau. You've got to prove yourself before. Why should they take a chance on you for nothing? So
0: Right, right. Well, I'm just starting to think about all of the different matches that we might give people just to get the ball rolling in their mind. So, I have a client named Anir who speaks on creativity, and he speaks. He's starting out as his market is going to be realtors, real estate. Uh, Uh, not necessarily the owner brokers, but perhaps the real estate agents themselves. Well, maybe the owner brokers as well. So when we think about real estate, we're thinking who wants to get their business. And again, we're kind of back to people like mortgage brokers, uh, anybody who might help with a move. um, give, Give me some more there of who you would start with if you were looking to get in front of real estate.
1: Oh, not an industry I know a lot about. Okay. Um uh, I think I mean you pretty much had it right there the you know mortgage brokers for sure. Mm-hmm. I know one guy who <laughs> is just always complaining um about not getting business and um yeah, I kind of have uh have mentioned that to him about well, why don't you sponsor a speaker and, and have that speaker get out and represent you. Right. Um, I yeah. Yeah. That yeah I talk, way. I ta- always talk to small business owners all the time about mm-hmm. why don't you try something a little different than just advertising. Mm-hmm. So the thing is with advertising, <clears throat> if you put a, a commercial on TV for example, mm-hmm. that commercial might be seen by seniors or teenagers or people who have no interest whatsoever in your business mm-hmm. and it's kind of a waste. The great thing about sponsorship is there is no waste. So if you're a mom, I mean you have a, a product for new moms and you wanna get in front of new moms, you could put that commercial on TV, you could put a, an ad somewhere, but you're going to be targeting people that aren't interested. What mm-hmm. if you have a room full of a hundred new moms? Um, that's a small audience, but it's extremely targeted. There's nobody in that audience that isn't interested in things for new moms.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. So it could be your local, um, it could be your local children's stores. It could be, um, I don't know nursing services, What? there's all kinds of things. Maybe you would get your local Toys R Us or Babies R Us to sponsor it, or I'm, I'm trying to kind of give people as much ideas as they can to be thinking about, oh yeah, okay, I can go out and find a sponsor. So anytime you hear the word, we don't have the budget, I would say the first starting point is, especially if it's for a convention, is look at last year's convention online and look at who their sponsors were for booths. Those right, people... you don't you?
1: Yeah, you want to make sure though that you don't target their sponsors, mm-hmm. which is a big no no. That would give you a lot
0: of good <laughs> ideas, though, would it not?
1: Right, right. For other things, but not for them. So okay. there, that is the one thing that I hear from meeting planners is as long as you don't, don't go after.
0: For my, as long as you don't pill for my own but um that'll give you but, all but the ideas th- on on who isn't in- Interested in getting in front of these people. If you go to a big real estate conference, you know, there might be technologies that are new for real estate. There might be business card printers and sign printers and, you know, just all of these things. You're like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. The list of who they are will probably give you a whole bunch of ideas. And yes, I think that's a good caveat is to say, hands off the ones that they already have although what if they would add on maybe they would be a sponsor and do your session yes yeah yes
1: that happened to me one time at a um it was for a retail conference and they had this one sponsor, they said, what ca- else can we sponsor? We're doing the um, door hangers, we've got banners, we're doing the, I mean, all kinds of crazy things. They said, what else do you have? We got money. Mm, <laughs> so really in that cool. case, mm-hmm. yeah, in that case, um, it worked out great. And they just wanted to sponsor anything they could.
0: Right, right.
1: But I did get the blessing of the meeting planner. Was I didn't go around them.
0: Beautiful. Well, I just sponsored the lanyards, so the things that hold your badge in place. Mm Mm-hmm at our local, the convention was in my hometown, the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers Conference. And so I sponsored the lanyards and it'll have the name of the Wealthy Speakers School on it and the URL. And I thought, you know, I normally probably wouldn't do this, but the school is new and I'm launching it. And I just wanted to, I kind of wanted to contribute because I was on the committee and I could see that they had one or two sponsorships left. And I'm like, okay, I know Normally don't do this, but I'm going to go ahead and do that. Normally, what I would have said to people, like when they offer you a booth instead of a fee, I'd say, well, your, your goal is to really be the one standing on the stage. That's how you establish the best level of expertise, right? Is right. to be seen as the expert from the stage. So if they're offering you a booth and, and, and so when it comes to speakers doing sponsorships themselves, what do you think about that? In order to get booked into a particular association or something like that. Oh, you mean, so you
1: are uh, technically the sponsor? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't, I mean well, I don't know. I, that that means you're paying to be a speaker. Right, exactly. Which,
0: <laughs> but, but if you is, get up on the stage and it's good enough. So some of my clients have said, okay, well, they're going to give me a sponsorship. They're not going to give me a fee and I'm going to get a booth and blah, blah, blah. And And my big thing is, okay, as long as you're getting stage time. But other than that, you're right. I don't really like the idea, but sometimes it's just a trade. It's an even trade, no money. You're not actually paying to speak.
1: Right, I mean, I have learned um a long time you where know, you still probably have to pay your expenses, although I never do anything unless they pay my expenses. if they uh-huh. won't even do that, then I'm done. not interested no, no well, matter that- what. I can't, I want to. Don't want to say no matter what, because you know what, <laughs> hmm. things may come along, and I go, wait a minute, that might be a good opportunity. Let's not but. lock
0: it in stone. Then we'll say, yeah. okay, that's kind of your boundary. You have a little bit of boundary. <laughs> it. Okay, so if somebody called you tomorrow, who, who, when's the last time you did a sponsorship in your own business that you needed to pull out that secret weapon that you have?
1: Hmm. I haven't had to do it in quite a while. Um, but I did, you know, MPI, some of them pay, some of them don't. Right. Uh, um, one of them that I did didn't pay. So I got uh, a sponsor for that one. Cool. Who did you get? Yeah, that was quite
0: a uh, Tropicana.
1: Oh, well, hotel. that's very
0: interesting. Oh, the Tropicana Hotel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you first said it, I thought, well, that's very interesting. How do you line up uh, orange juice, Tropicana orange no, juice? I, no. my and then when you added on hotel, I went, aha, that makes perfect sense. Okay. So the Tropicana wants to get in front of meeting professionals to say, hey, come on here and, uh, you know, we'll be able to show you some inf- information about our venue. That's a great idea. So for those of you, uh, and we do have a, um, we interviewed Lori Pugh Markham from MPI mm. and we'll, okay. put th- we'll put that session in our show notes. Um, And if you are indeed going to go after um, MPI as one of your target markets, they have the reason why you would have said yes to that, Julie, is because they have all of the corporate meeting planners in one place. And so for you to say, "Okay, how about I get myself a sponsor? And they go, sure, you go find the Tropicana Hotel. Everybody wins. It's a beautiful thing. You get paid to be in front of a whole group of people who could potentially yep. hire you. That is just a beautiful, beautiful thing, and it's genius because I honestly wouldn't even have thought to get a sponsor for MPI. I think that's great. You could do the same. Well, for my speech.
1: Yeah, my speech was on. Uh, how, to get a spot, how to get a good speaker when you don't have a budget. So not every meeting planner has a budget. I mm-hmm. mean, they would like to, but they don't all have one. So that's, um, you know, I was basically telling them, look, I'm trying to open your eyes to yeah. different ways of working. If you don't, you know, in the past it was just, well, we don't have a budget. Right. That's that. It's like, well, okay, if you want to get a good speaker, (laughs) they have to get paid. That's really good.
0: That's really good. Well, I like your style. Okay, so I have a question for you that's going to be off the track because we probably have some listeners who have thought about inventing something. And when you and I talked before, you talked to me about the stage that you were at with your invention today. Um, can you give us like the Reader's Digest version of your invention story? Wow. Um, (laughs) I know, I'm asking you to make it short.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely have a learning curve there. I basically started with $5 and a lump of clay. That is what I had when I started my business. And um, I turned that um, lump clay into a prototype. So a lot of people think, oh, you have to have some big, fancy, expensive prototype. No, you have to have something that people can see. And once they can see it, they can visualize it, then you're, uh, m- you know, much closer to getting, getting it done. And so I literally had that, you know, I had to work. Tell everybody that. what your
0: invention was. Oh, it's um, called Swiggies. They're wrist water bottles wrist water bottles okay so people who are out jogging might use them and who else uh kids um i also sell in the alcohol
1: industry that's a long story how that started
0: <laughs> um, that's i thought funny. it was just a
1: water bottle
0: <laughs> but you probably served the uh the promotional products industry right because you get um, logos on them and stuff
1: that is the biggest market ever. I've mm. sold about a million in that market Oh, cool! around the world.
0: So yep. if, yeah, I see on your website, uh, swiggies.com we'll put that in the show notes as well that I think it's HV, HGTV bought them. And is that maybe like a Home Depot logo? I can't really tell, but uh, that's a really great idea when you could get into something that's customizable. Hey, yep. And that's and, and so it's the unique. Thing when you s-
1: You know, when you start out, I mean, this applies as a speaker too, you have no idea who needs what you have. Right. But if you can expand your thinking, because I didn't even know, I didn't know about the promotional market. Right. I didn't know about, there's something called the Hash House Harriers. (laughs) It's a, uh, a drinking club with a running problem. That's their (laughs) <laughs> <logo>. That's funny. <laughs> and they put beer in them and run. Oh my goodness. And, and so it is huge. They have them all over the world every day of the week. And, I, I never would have known. Someone stopped me at the airport and said, "Hey, I'm going to tell you how to sell a bunch of those." And, and so I got into that market. I got into Burning Man and all the music festivals, and
0: oh, it wow. just
1: expanded. And, and carnival. And I kept thinking, "Wow, who else could use what I have?"
0: Wow, that see once you once the fire gets lit, it can just keep burning and burning to other markets. So how many yeah. have you? How many have you? sold so far? I've sold over a million. Um, million I sold most of them in the promotional products market. Okay, so promotional products. And um, you shared with me, I hope you're okay. Me, I hope I'm not uh, talking out of school here. But the life of an inventor isn't always uh, mansions (laughs) and limousines, (laughs) is it? Talk no, about. It is. Well, do you mind sharing how much of your own money you've put into this and what your next steps are going to be? Because I really I don't want to over glamorize it for people because it's really not an easy go.
1: No, I mean, if you watch Shark Tank, you'll see the hard stories of the people, mm-hmm. you know, that were living in their car, they mortgaged their house, they ran up their credit cards. That really is what. I did. I mean, I did all of that and worked two and three jobs, but I own a hundred percent of it. So I Mm -hmm. never got investors. I had no venture capital right? Uh, and nobody told me what to do. So I could make them in pink or purple and polka dots. I could do whatever I wanted. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, the thing is there are a lot of inventors I've met who make a decent living. Mm -hmm. They go out and they do flea markets and they do trade shows and they sell online and And they make a living. And every weekend
0: they're out slogging their wares. Yep. Right. Yep. So um, what are you going to be doing in the future for this? The
1: next step is I have incredible intellectual property on it. Mm -hmm. So I would just want to license the product and have someone with deep pockets who can come in and just... Take right. it over and take it to the next level because right. I've taken it as far as I can take it. Right. And which is pretty darn far for one person with no money. <laughs> but, pretty
0: darn far. Yeah. But you did put a lot of your own money into it. And oh, a I, lot. <laughs> and and um, did you get rich from it?
1: I have made my money back and I probably okay. doubled my money. Okay. I put doubled your it. money. So, okay. That's, That's not not what you think of you know yeah. somebody who um, the my pillow guy or you
0: know, yeah I mean we the, see the doctor Ho on the thing and we're like oh yeah. my gosh doctor Ho is probably getting really rich but doctor Ho all. Probably has a big company behind him that is pouring a lot of money into advertising and infomercials and such. And it's just not an easy game to get into. So that was my point of bringing that up with you because I wanted people to recognize that now you've switched kind of out of that and into speaking because this is uh, a little bit more lucrative, wouldn't you say? It's um
1: I I mean if I wanted to put the time into Swiggies and and do it all myself I, right. I could. Um I just think that I've taken the product as far as I can take it. And the infomercial that kind of money you're talking millions of dollars they put into airtime. Yeah. So
0: it's cool. just, you know, I've gone
1: as far as I can and I I brought the intellectual property and I would suggest that speakers do the same is to create intellectual property. I'm always telling people it's like selling air. Mm -hmm. When I I have two licensing deals with different companies out of the country, um, I don't manufacture it. I don't sell it. I don't do anything. I just get a check.
0: She goes out,
1: she does all of that. She sells. She says, here's your 7%. Mm,
0: Okay, well, I like how you think, Julie Austin. Thank you so (laughs) much for being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you, where should they go? Uh, The site is speakersponsor.com. Speakersponsor.com dot com great and you have a course is it i have a yep i have a course that tells you it's about three or four
1: hours on kajabi and it is everything from start to finish it's not stuff you can read in a book it's the street smart you know techniques that i learned through all of these years of doing this great and has all the templates it has everything you need and not only that. I give you a free hour of coaching to make sure you know what you're doing, you're targeting the right people, and you're doing it. I, I want people to succeed. So I, want to, I want this to be something that helps speakers make money and helps the meeting planners get good speakers they can't afford.
0: Beautiful. Well, Street Smart is kind of what I think of when I think of you, and I want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. And for those of you who are listening in, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Our little show here is just like the little engine that could. We are chugging up the mountain. We've been <laughs> we've gone past 100,000 downloads, and we could not be more thrilled. I know to some of the big podcasts, that's probably no biggie. They're doing that in a month probably. But hey. Here we are, still going. All right, well, thank you so much for being with us, Julie. And with that, we will say see you soon, multi-speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed our show, you'll want to come and visit us at the Wealthy Speaker School, where we provide a proven roadmap for building your dream business. Go to WealthySpeakerSchool.com. And for show notes for today's podcast, head on over to SpeakerLauncher.com and click on podcast. I'll see you soon, wealthy speakers.